Hello, and welcome back to another uh, special edition of the Chainsaw the Fate podcast. If you're listening for the Kali Bear interview, guess what? We're hiding it from you. You're going to have to listen. You get to sit through us. Yep. Again. Again. You have to decipher a series of clues in order to get the bear interview. It's somewhere in there, possibly interspersed. I think we may just break up the questions into uh, the podcast at, at random intervals. Yes, uh, but remember, only the penitent man shall pass. And uh, Jehovah's spell with an I. In Latin. In Latin. All right. Latin's a wonderful language. We actually recorded the uh, Kyle A. Bear interview before we did the Jessica Strauss one, but in case you're wondering why we put it off, um, a little game came out this week. Uh, Really? Yeah. It's awful, baby! Lots of games come out every week. Where have you been? No, not lots. Usually like three or four. Ah, true. And, and of course I'm talking about uh, Neptunia, the game that has uh, female personification of game consoles, including the Dreamcast, because it's Wow. That became a fandom thing, you know, of creating personas of different things, and now it's an actual game. I do uh, want to play that game, but no, we're actually talking about Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Um... I've been play, playing the game pretty much day and night since it came out. Um, been doing some combo videos with Zero, one of which uh, actually made the front page of I Play Winner. Yay me. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, but I obviously anyone who listens to the podcast regularly knows I'm way hardcore into fighting games, but what did you guys think? Um... I'm used to Street Fighter 2. That's what I learned on. That's the fighting game I played the most. It's the so. only fighting game he's ever played. No, no, I've, I've played other fighting games. No, but you didn't. My problem is I'm still stuck in, you know, you know, he's small combos. He's still trying. Small combos, no super he attacks. He's uh, Slow, you know, slower gameplay, you know, more precise, more measured than just, like, this oh, yeah, is very loose. Because this isn't precise at all. Well, I mean, there's a certain amount of precision, but it's harder to get. There's Because it's moving so much faster. I think it's one of those things where when you start out, it feels loose. And then somewhere in the end, it starts to feel more precise. Because that may be try, trying to do some of the more advanced stuff requires very, very surgical precision there. Yeah, and I actually, I actually did better with the gamepad, I felt like than the fight stick, because that's, again, what I learned on. Right. Well, I've, I've been using a joystick exclusively since uh, Mad Cat's released theirs in 2009, so it's I've had about two years now um, playing on the arcade stick, I'm just now getting used to it, because the other, what was it, 18 years I've been playing on a pad, so... yeah. Although, you never realize how much you suck at fighting games until they start putting online and stuff. Except for Dead or Alive Ultimate. I was badass at that game. Well, I'm, I'm thinking the target audience was uh, slightly different. People are not going for the uh, combo-based fighting with no projectiles. I, I'm just saying. My INA was the shit. Um, yeah. But no, I, I'm not much... For fighting games, and I never like um, almost my entire history with fighting games that's that I spent any time with would have been Street Fighter Two, way way back in the day when it first came out, 
And after that, toward the end of high school with uh, Beasterizer, which became Bloody Roar after it left the arcade. But Beasterizer was what I mostly played. And other than that, smatterings of other stuff, and I've just never been much of a fighting games person. You know what we're going to do one day? I'm going to download uh, Bloody Roar on uh, PlayStation Network, and we're going to play the shit out of that. I was never good at it, just so you know. Uh, I've never played it once. Well, then we'll be about equal. <laughs> For about five minutes, until I figure out what I'm doing. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> um, I'm talking uh, shit. But no, this was an okay game. But that's from, I mean, again, that's from a person that, that has never really necessarily cared for... Did simple mode help at all? Did it make it more accessible for you? <laughs> yes, but at the same time, I, I kind of felt like I was cheating. And once I went to normal mode, sooner or later, I would have hit any of the stuff. By button mashing in normal mode, I could pretty much pull over, pull off anything that I was button mashing in simple mode. Right, but you couldn't do it right when you wanted it. I didn't do it right when I wanted it even in simple mode. <laughs> yeah. To be perfectly honest. Because you're... Usually when you play in normal mode, you have a pretty good idea of what, like, quarter circle forward, quarter circle back is probably going to do. Something. And I don't... punch. Yeah, I don't have that in simple mode. Yeah. I like... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, I like the, uh, I like the game when I was playing against Dylan and Charlie, but when I was playing against you, no, I didn't like it so much. <laughs> <laughs> but the simple mode helped. When was the last game. time you played a fighting game? Fighting game. <laughs> One of the Mortal Kombat's, I don't remember. Probably the first one. Okay. I'm not into, unlike Charlie, I'm not into into the uh, fighting I, game thing. I like I, the sports I, games myself. I pretty much played JRPGs as a kid, so... For shame. Um, Depending on whether we're talking about uh, Nintendo era or Sony era. Nintendo. Okay, then that's okay. Um, so, fighting games never did much for me. And for the longest time, didn't like first-person shooters either. Still not altogether comfortable with them. I, I'm kind of the same way. Um, for for a first-person shooter to really stick with me, it has to have something unique. Yeah. yeah. I don't play them enough anymore to, to really be good at them. Um, so, uh, Jeffrey and Charlie, probably this applies to more, but did the inclusion of Marvel characters help the appeal in any yes, you guys? Yes, yes. Yeah, definitely. Spider-Man, um, Deadpool, and Captain America? Yeah. I mean, because I, I, <laughs> I know, I, I had at least a passing familiarity with most of the Capcom characters, but when I was forming my teams, I almost entirely picked Marvel characters, except for maybe uh, Felicia and, and uh, Morgan. So, so the pressing question that everyone wants to know is, who is your guys' favorite teams? Boobs. <laughs> Things with boobs. I liked X-23 because she was very quick. Um, and pre- I, didn't, I actually didn't like Felicia. I liked her boobs. But she was far too close combat for me. Like, even the stuff that you would think would be ranged was very short range. Yeah. At least what I was pulling off. So, I... I work better with, with something that has at least... That's why I sucked with Hagar. Um, I had to have some... Mary Freddie Mercury yeah. on steroids. Because the because the dash is is so short, I can't close distances very well, so I needed somebody with a ranged move unless they were extremely fast. X-23 was one of the few that, that could pull that off because she had one or two moves that would take you most of the way across the screen. Um, but i got to have something... To, if I can't attack long range, i got to have something that will get me over there. Quickly. What about you, Jeffrey? 
I didn't pay attention to any of that. I was just smashing buttons. No, I mean, what what, what was your favorite team? Uh, my favorite team, Spider-Man, Deadpool, and Captain America. <laughs> okay, really? Deadpool Captain was America? Captain America, the, 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 the time I played, the time I played with him, surprisingly good. I really expected it to be a crap fest. But really? He's, he's got a few decent moves. I just, I don't, I've never been a big fan of Captain America, I guess, because uh, cause I hate freedom. Um, <laughs> I hate America, personally. Yeah, I just hate freedom, uh, period. That, that's a Britannia, long live Japan. Mm-hmm. And, and in Code Geass, in case you're wondering, uh, Britannia is more America than it is Britain. It can be both. Dylan, what was your team? Although I already know um, the Probably, like... I liked Ryu because I already knew his moves. And I bet you liked Chun Li because you already knew her moves, and you liked Wolverine. Surprisingly, you knew his moves. less so with Chun Li <laughs> because I'll be honest, I I didn't get her figured out. And since the game is so much faster than say um, Street Fighter Two, she doesn't play the same. I mean, she has the same moves, but she doesn't play the same. No, because in Street Fighter 2 you can totally do a uh, lightning legs hard punch, lightning leg, uh, legs hard punch loop for 30 some odd hits that landed on you once. Well, yeah, but it would... Yeah, basically. Um, and, and it was harder for me to get off the, like, the scissor kick or... Even the fireball takes longer because you have to do half circle instead of quarter circle, but... Um, I liked Wolverine because he had he had a lot of moves that could close the gap. He had like one move that you would, love doing over and over and because that's over. all I had nice. figured out with him. Creature of habit. Well, he had one move that could close the distance, and then he had like this uh, close range move. Creature of habit. And then I'm not no, sure if I had a third character that habit. I liked. Creature of habit. Maybe Creature Iron habit. Man. Iron Man had a lot of good um, drinking moves. Yeah, but he had, like, the... the he was there was not a single move in Iron Man's repertoire that made him drink. What, what I do love is that he'll say that every fe- uh, single female member of the cast at the start of a match, um, hey, are you doing anything later? Even if it's Tron Bond, who uh, looks way young. Well, in And Japan, not of this world. It's, it's a known fact that in Japan, if you look like you're 12, you're actually 37. So all those all those uh, those hentai's and, and mangas that, that oh that looks like a six year old eh, in Japanese years she's really like twenty six so the lesson is have added I guess what's that Raya and Ami's fourteen she doesn't look fourteen she told me she was eighteen I swear officer and in <laughs> Japanese years in Japanese years she's at least eighteen and you go to high school through your forties yeah in Japan yeah it's, it's called cram school. They cram things in you. <laughs> uh, Leaving that there. Moving on. Tell me that doesn't happen in Japan. Things get crammed in people. That's what Japan's about. For the record, I am precisely good with one character because I've spent all my time in training mode not playing the game at all, and that is Zero. Um, but I've been using Zero, Taskmaster, and Dante because uh, I, I like... I, I'm not as good with Dante as I would like yet. Um, he's got so many moves that it's hard to... He's got the sword, so he's got, like, crazy range. Well, he's also got, like, four, 40 special moves. Yeah. And it's it's so hard to keep track of them that I've not worked... I haven't worked in training mode with him yet, which I really should. But I just haven't gotten a good rotation down with him yet, besides just basic ABC launcher, ABC launcher, 
uh, OTG super. Um, Taskmaster I like a lot because uh, he's got the spider swing loops and he's got you know his bow and arrow so he can do a little bit of zoning. And the three of them together, I can do the uh, the Uber Sentinel uh, one shot kill combo. So. Yeah. Taskmaster seems to be good because you can bring him in to, you know, fire a bunch of arrows. He's kind of like the follow-up to... Yeah, or if you're trying to recover a lot of red health or something, you can just sort of bring him in and lame him out for a while. Um, Anyway, before we get on to the interview, is there any other stuff that's going on that we want to talk about? Um, I guess I can talk about... I can gripe about how... uh, I uh, opened up Twitter today on my BlackBerry, and uh, it was dead. Okay. Because I'm running Uber Twitter, and apparently Twitter blocked a bunch of uh, applications. Now, I'm not sure why. Uh, I've already... My hypothesis is still that Twitter had to prove that its dick was bigger. (laughs) That may be true, because I I saw some speculation that since, I think, Uber Media, like the same company that does Uber Twitter, has bought, like, TweetDeck and a bunch of other things, this is kind of... Twitter's middle finger to them all. Um, they never said why. The press release was just like, they violated our terms of service in their use of the API. Okay, how? I don't know. I guess I can't gripe too much. I lost, you know... You I spent I, years griping. Why stop now? Well, no, I, I downloaded the, the official Twitter application, and, you know... How much did that run you? Oh, that's free. Okay. Well, then yeah. I'm not going to complain. Uber Twitter actually costs, but I, it's got some features that I liked better. I can't remember what they are offhand because it's been so long since I've used the the official Twitter app. I'll probably remember them when I actually... I don't use it that much, honestly, on the phone. Anyway. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at, uh, at Chainsaw Buffet. Yes. Just so you know. Just Good segue right there. I know, right? Good segue. Uh, was was that the only... That's the only uh, news of the world that I can think of right now. You might want to get rid of your BlackBerry. Oh, yeah. I, as soon as my new every two is up with Verizon, I'm getting a droid. Why is that? Get a... Uh, pl- get, what is it? The uh, Xperia Play, I think they're calling it. It's the PlayStation phone. It's nah. coming out in March. I don't know. There's, there's fuck part... the iPhone, fuck the Android. Get the I, I agree with the I agree with the iPhone sentiments. Android has a lot of apps. Windows Phone, I'm scared will go away or something like. You're scared will go away, like leave you in the middle of the night. No, no, no. Like, I'm, <laughs> like I'm you scared. wake up and there's a letter on the dresser. I'm scared the support is not going to be there just because it hasn't been selling well. Although the development, like I can. The suitcases are gone. <laughs> I can go in sure and how. dear Dylan <laughs> and develop for that phone just like I would what for the desktop. What we had was great, but everything must come to an end. You push my buttons too much. <laughs> anyway, and too hard. <laughs> Enough about phones. So, is there anything you guys want to say about the uh, Kylie Bear interview before we get into it? Um, I haven't listened to it. Is it still auto tuned? <laughs> Oh yeah, there were there were places where we had connection problems. I think on the on the desktop where we were recording, 
it actually came out better than what we were hearing. Yeah, a little bit. So do expect some uh, technical difficulties on our end. Eh, not that much, but, you know, Skype if, scares me. If Kyle Hebert starts auto-tuning the news, um, then it, you, you'll, you'll know that we didn't do that on purpose. It just kind of happened. Yeah, our, our apologies, but these were done via Skype, and they're in California. We're in Tennessee, so... There's, there's, it's, it's a magical thing we were able to talk to somebody over, uh, wires, or in some cases, no wires at all. Is the speed of air. light too slow for you? We live in a magical age. We do live in a magical age. Yep. So, uh, enjoy the interview, guys. Uh, we will, uh, see you later with some more goodness. It doesn't. This is Pro Tips, presented by the Sommelier. Number 34. Remember, keep your knees bent or you'll pass out. This has been Pro Tips, presented by the Sommelier. We are back. Uh, we have a very exciting uh, episode here because uh, we are being joined by Kyle Abair, voice actor extraordinaire. Kyle, thanks for joining us. Dude, it's good to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, anytime. Uh, you're you're always welcome on our little uh, corner of the internet. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, tell us a little bit about what you've been doing recently. The stuff you can't talk about. We know uh, there's a lot of uh, NDAs and things like that. But oh yeah, yeah. They you know they kill you within an inch of your life and all that fun stuff. Right. Yeah, it's like, uh, we'll take your firstborn and, um, yeah, we'll chop off your head in the middle of the night. Do not cheat. <laughs> uh, there is no, <laughs> you were not here. These aren't the droids you're looking for. <laughs> uh, well, uh, progress going on, uh, on Bleach. Bleach is continuing. Uh, I have worked on another anime project that, uh, was announced, but the, the cast is not, but so obviously if I, I can't really divulge that, but, uh, suffice it to say, it's a fairly big, uh, title that was announced last year. And, uh, I wrapped up Durarara as a uh, Horada, a member of the Yellow Scars gang. Uh, volume one just came out for that. I could do, I do bit part voices on that, but you can hear me as Horada, um, in volume two and three coming, uh, a few months from now. And let's see, X-Men Arcade just came out uh, last month on Xbox and PS3. I voice everything with testicles on my thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then on February 15th, you can pick up Marvel vs. Capcom 3. I voice Ryu. Uh, already pre-ordered that one. so uh... I need to pre-order that. I'm actually behind the curve on that. Now, there was a uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 Fight Club event in Los Angeles just... Uh... The other night, did you uh, get together that? I sure did. I actually did. It was uh, pretty insanely crowded, and um, I did not get to play the game, although I have before. I went to another Capcom event a few months ago, and then at E3. So um, I really wanted to get my hands on the Street Fighter Four uh, for 3DS. Oh, yeah. Uh, but but um, there were only a handful of units on display, and, uh, of course, they were just surrounded by fans. So uh did not get to... Uh, give that a try much less even get close enough to see how good the 3d looks but uh it was, it was great to mingle and um uh i met josh keaton for the first time he's spider-man and um hop up on stage say hello to everyone 
sign some autographs, schmooze, chill, and hey, free drinks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, good times. Well, I'm good. really excited to uh, to pick up the game. Uh, yeah, I think that goes for uh, me and a lot of other folks that are listening. Um, let me uh, go ahead and ask you, are there any convention uh, appearances that you have upcoming? Uh, yeah, actually, in a few weeks, I'll be in Tuscaloosa, Alabama for Comic-Con, not to be confused with communism, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that's K-A-M-I, Comic-Con. Uh, and then I'll be headed down under to Australia to um, uh, Armageddon Pulp Expo uh, in Sydney and then in Adelaide the following weekend. Um, I'm going all sorts of places this year, Anime St. Louis, NMD Tour, Acon, Dragon Con. Uh, all of these shows and many, many others are, are constantly being updated on my website. So if you just go to kyleabear.com, click on Appearances, you can see links to all the sites uh, of all the cons I'm going to. And uh, if you don't see one listed there that you want to see me at, just uh, go to animecons.com. You'll see, again, a list of all cons around the planet. Find the link for your local one and drop them a, a nice, pleasant line saying, "Hey, I'd love to see you know Kyle Amber as a guest at your convention." So please pay him money and fly him out to see us. Thank you. There you go. That's right. Are you listening, M Tag? Of course you're not. AWA <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I've been booked for so many already that I've had to turn down a lot of shows because you I mean every year that goes by, more and more conventions pop up, and more and more are conflicting with other ones happening on the same weekend. So I'm like, ah, I can't be on places at once. It's a terrible problem to have. Right? <laughs> I really do empathize. <laughs> well, I know that. I mean, a lot of people go through the struggles of you know just you know saving enough money just to go for one weekend at one place. And, you know, cobble your money and pitch in and, and cram 10 people into a hotel room and, and all that stuff. So I definitely sympathize. Now, granted, as a guest, the convention fly me out and put me up in the hotel and feed me for the weekend. So I don't have to deal with, with that. But the trade-off is that I live a very stressful life otherwise. I mean, I get to voice act on awesome products like the games and the anime and everything. But... um I don't work enough to really live comfortably. <laughs> I just barely can die. So I have the same drama. Voice actors uh, do not. This is Mythbusters 101. Voice actors aren't rich. Not all of them. Most of them are are struggling quite a bit. So, you, know, you know, the Billy West of the world and Maurice LaMarche and the cast of The Simpsons and Futurama, they ain't hurting. But um, everybody else, uh, we are auditioning, auditioning, like auditioning like that and you know, making like one out of 50 to 100 gigs that we're trying out for. So, uh, and I don't have a day job right now. So uh, that's why I'm struggling. Would you say that's probably the biggest misconception about uh, acting, voice acting as a career is that uh, there's really not that steady stream of work. And just because, you know, we can hear you on TV every now and again, uh, doesn't mean you're diving into your pile of money, Scrooge McDuck style every night. That's right. I mean, I'm not getting advice of the podcast. Games and anime, you don't get residuals on. So every time, every unit that sells, or every time the DVD sells, or it airs on TV, no, I, I don't get anything except, you know, the the, the recording fee, the time. And, you know, yeah, there, there's the fringe benefits of, oh, notoriety, yay, it comes out, and then I get invited to cons. I mean, that's great payoff. It's great benefit. I've gotten to travel the world because of what I do. In terms of financial st stability, whole different ballgame. 
I, uh, I've struggled greatly. I've never been in so much debt and so freaking like <laughs> on edge ever since I moved to LA five years ago and left a full-time career in radio where I had decent pay and didn't have to worry about anything. I got a predictable paycheck coming every two weeks. And this is like, you know, when you don't work, you're not making money and auditions don't pay. So, and it's just dreadfully inconsistent. I worked every day last week, except one day. And then this week I worked twice and then nothing. I've got absolutely nothing scheduled from here on to for, on forward, but who knows? They get a call first thing Monday morning saying, we need you for four hours tomorrow on a huge game. It's like, yay. I mean, it's very volatile. Anything could happen. Right. Uh, you actually made mention of something I wanted to talk a little bit about because your path to, uh, to the acting arena is different from most. Um, cause you started out as a DJ, correct? Yeah. Came from radio. Uh, I was working at Radio Disney at the time, which is, uh, still around and they're, uh, they're pretty creative outlet. I was doing a lot of character voice work. I was, uh, in weekly audio dramas on there. Uh, I was just very creative, hands on, lots of audio production and, uh, just a different, venue for acting as opposed to the stage where you know people on camera or on stage kind of random chance uh, hear about auditions and stuff and as for me uh, i had some workers at the station that were investigating uh funimation trying to see uh hook up promotions it's like let's play some dragon balls stuff at the time it was like the number one show on tsunami and uh they wanted to uh, kind of have some giveaways for that and we actually ended up giving away Dragon Ball Z stuff. But uh, at the time they were securing that and took a tour of Funimation, uh, they found out that open auditions were happening. And they knew about my passion, my lifelong dream of, you know, one, getting on the radio, which was already taken care of. But the other big dream was to do voiceover for animation. So I got extremely lucky, tried out for some bit part voices and got cast from the Bardock special 2000. And then a few months later, uh, started doing little bit parts on the cell, the end of the cell saga, and I landed Teen Gohan as soon as the, the Great Saiyan saga started, and then the narrator shortly after that. And everything else just spiraled off of the DBZ. Now, um, you mentioned that, you know, you had a dream to do animation voiceover as well as, uh, being a DJ. Was there a particular, uh, influential person in that, or, um, was yeah. this? Oh, okay. yeah. Looney Tune. Looney Tune. Since I was little, Mel Blanc. Uh, I was probably eight years old or so. And, uh, being a huge Bugs Bunny fan and all those Looney Tunes, just knowing that one guy gave life to all these characters. And it just seemed like, you know, in, in similar vein, you know, radio, it's theater of the mind, you know, where your, your imagination fills in the gaps and, and often, uh, can paint a better portrait than even something visually presented to you. Uh, which is what people who are a fan of books will often say. Oh, the book's so much better than the movie. It's like, well, yeah, but we don't have 17 hours to, uh, <laughs> to tell a story. So, right. <laughs> and I'm not a big poster child for reading. I'm way too ADD for that. You know, I need pretty pictures. Yay. Comics. Yay. Movies. <laughs> I, I'm just one of those child of the video age, I guess. But, um, yeah, just, um, Mel Blanc was, uh, definitely the, uh, the motivating factor. And then through the years, learning the different voice actors and things and um, going on the convention scene and meeting some of my idols that I, I've deeply respected for years, like Scott McNeil, 
and uh, and getting to work with this you know fantastic talent pool here in LA, and I continue to fly out to Dallas every now and then. My folks still live there. Work with Funimation from time to time because we get more DZ games coming every year, and uh, hopefully Kai will have Team Gohan show up. So, uh, yay life! What one would think. Um, now I I do have to to now. I, you are our guest, so I don't want to be too rude, but you may want to sort of bag off on this whole, uh, oh, I got to, uh, to, to live out my dream because that's just going to encourage the people at conventions more to, uh, to start asking questions about how do I get into voice acting? Uh, do you ever get tired of that? Cause I, I, I know we get tired of listening to it. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, you kind of go a little bit into, uh, you know, auto mode. But... <laughs> You know, I, I prepare, I, I've been asked it so often that I actually have a, a frequently asked questions section on my website. And of course, I can't really refer to that at a panel at a convention. But I also sympathize with people having that dream. And, you know, if they've not accessed my website before or seen panels on YouTube or, or been to conventions and, and seen a voice actor talk about it before, then they have every right. Of course they have every right to, to learn what they can from someone on the inside. And I, I was that person before. And uh, so I, I believe in paying it forward. I, I, I see the lights in, in people's eyes and some people's lights turn off as soon as they hear that, oh, yeah, well, you have to spend years training and invest a lot of money. It's like, well, never mind. I thought you could get to it fast and easy. I know Kyle Aver. Boom! Suddenly, in the, the the lead role on a show. I'm like, wait a minute! I'm not even the lead role on a show. You know, I've been at this for a long time, and you know, I'm still struggling. And there are people that are struggling even harder than me that have been doing it longer than me. How fair is that? So, um, you really, really have to have a thick skin and and want it. And I, I have no problem going over the same material and regurgitating it to those who will listen and those who truly want to know uh, about that. And, you know, I kind of, that, that's why I started doing Skype sessions where uh, I, I kind of run people through what it's like, what the expectations are in the booth for an audition, for a session. So people can kind of see, oh, this is what it's like. Wow, this is harder than I thought. Um, and then I always encourage people you know, who take my sessions or come to my audition panels at conventions to actively seek acting coaches, acting classes, get experience, take workshops and, and really take things to the next level. I mean, if you want to be a doctor, you got to go to medical school. You can't just watch ER or, or Grey's Anatomy and think you're going to be a doctor. Uh, you know, just like getting into voice acting, you can't just be a fan and just waltz into it because you do a great Vegeta impression. It really is about acting and, uh, I mean, a huge part of it is luck. I mean, I came at it from a different angle than the stage. Uh, I'm not going to encourage people to go get into radio because the, <laughs> the, cha- the, cha- the, the face of radio has changed drastically. The Internet's changed the way entertainment is distributed and, and uh, the way we consume it and everything. Uh, domestic radio, certainly satellite radio is taking huge hits. Everybody has to have a streaming radio station. And now podcasts, you know, such as your, your own. I had a podcast for five years. Um, this is just a new age where, where people are giving you on-demand content. And it's just changed everything. Uh, huge corporations absorbing ma and pa stations to where, you know, unless you're Howard Stern, Ryan Seacrest, you know, the chances of you getting on the air and having your own show are next to nothing. And if you can get on the air... 
you're going to make next to nothing. Radio pays terrible. Uh, and a lot of DJs have to moonlight doing voiceover. So um, you, you take the acting classes, you start networking, use social media like Facebook and Twitter and um, get your name out there. Start focusing because I'm a firm believer. If you want something bad enough, take steps no matter how small and don't let the obstacles keep you uh, from from uh, achieving it. It's like, oh, I'll never make it to L.A. I live in the middle of uh, blah, 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 Iowa or something. It's like, no, don't let that stop you, man. There's nothing. Save your money. When there's something you want to buy, you save your money. Same concept. Now, I uh, wanted to go back a little bit. You mentioned uh, your podcast, uh, The Big Ball Broadcast, as I recall. Yeah. Um, that's been on hiatus for a while now, correct? Well, actually, I pulled the plug in all together because uh, my co-host, Steve, uh, who's in a great band, Perimeter of the Void, EBERecords.com. Uh, <laughs> plug, 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 um, the day after the second, and um, our engineer Mark wanted to start the podcast network. So I thought, okay, well, we had a good five year run. Uh, I, I, I consider myself on highest. I think I may come back into the podcasting games at some point this year. I would love to uh, do something with it, whether uh, like a video cast, like a short digest form, geeky news type thing, and um, get it out there because I do miss it. I, I I love what podcasting means, what it does. I love the fact that, you know, you have the power of radio in the hands of anyone with a mic and a PC and an internet connection, you know, because when I was growing up, you had to get an FCC license and beg a, a radio station to, you know, I want to do a show about anime. It's like, anime, what's that? We play top 40 music here, or whatever. Uh, now you can have a talk show about anything you want. Right. Um, let me ask you, uh, going back a little bit, you mentioned the lessons that you do over Skype. Now, these are not acting lessons like uh, a, a number of other voice actors I know are doing. Um, right. What's I, I suppose the best way to, to ask this is, who exactly is the target audience for that? Is it somebody who already has a degree of uh, acting experience, maybe you know, doing local theater or, uh, you know, college or high school theater and is looking to get a little bit of experience about how to get out in the real world or can, can somebody who just has a burgeoning interest just walk in and, and take something from it? Well, I, my target audience, I don't really consider them lessons per se. I don't consider I'm, I'm very careful to word what I do on my website because I don't want to some snake oil. So I'm not going to turn anybody into an actor. Uh, that's not my job, but um, I'm an actor who's sharing experiences in the booth, what my understanding I learned, so I could share that with people who are, you know, starting, who are interested, who are curious, uh, whether they've had experience on stage and are hoping to cross over, or if they're a fan who perhaps saw me at a convention and say, you know what, let's see what the voice acting thing is like. And so I take the uh, scripts, commercial scripts, and uh, I've got some anime audition scripts. And we give you a few minutes online to kind of look it over. Then you perform it. I critique you and then uh, have you do it again and basically put you through the paces so you can see what an audition's like, what a session's like. Maybe run through some, some video game audition, uh, uh, like fight reaction sounds and that sort of thing. And um, yeah, it's not for people who are already training or people who already have a demo and 
or, or have representation or you know, want to just like a brush up course or anything. Again, I'm, I'm not a, a veteran voice acting coach or anything. I like to say I'm like more motivational. I'm just someone who's uh, doing like a VO workout or a voice critique session or something like that. Uh, that's really more what it's like. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So beginners and curious uh, can certainly go to my website and uh, it's $75 for an hour. And I know that sounds like a lot of money and it is, I admit, especially in this economy, but uh, it's a drop in the bucket compared to what you would spend you know, for an actual full-on class, they run hundreds of dollars. Uh, after you take many classes, you know, think how much that's going to add up to. Then you do a demo, which could easily cost over a grand. Uh, these are all investments. They're tax deductions, luckily, but you know, they are an investment in your craft, in in uh, honing your skills as an actor. I just uh, kind of uh, help plant the seed and uh, help paint a realistic portrait of uh, expectations uh, if you decide to go down that path. Okay, that's that's actually some really good information there because I think what you are offering is very distinct from some of the other things that are out there. So that's good to know. Sure. Yeah, there, I mean, there are a lot of legitimate people doing this and they have testimonials to back up and then there's other people that maybe trying to get your money and you got to look out for the, for the, the snakes out there. Or, or to the world, it's like, oh yeah, take and we'll record your demo, and you'll be a voice acting star. And there are no guarantees. I mean, the sad truth is, you get a bunch of workshops, plunk down thousands of dollars, and just demo. Go get an agent, audition for years, and still not book anything. I mean, there's there's nothing. There are no guarantees. You just have to accept the harsh climate that it is that it's very competitive, that everyone's all hungry for the same stuff and it's going to take time. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's one out of every, you know, hundred or 500 that just waltz into the first audition and suddenly they're the next voice of SpongeBob or something like that and make thousands and can pay their rent, you know, with one uh, residual check or whatever for a year. Uh, but you know, how often that happens versus the reality, it's not even worth mentioning. Um, now, whenever I do these interviews, I always do a little bit of e-stalking, you know, IMDB and that sort of thing. And one of the things I came across, and I couldn't believe that, you know, just the other day was the first time I had ever heard about this. But you were in part of a web series called There Will Be Brawl, which is this, for, for anyone who's not seen it, it's this super dark, super gritty uh, retelling of Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Tell us a little bit about that. How did, how did you get involved in that project? Well, Matt, the director, and I were um, working video games, actually. Uh, I think it was Infinite Undiscovery or perhaps Star Ocean. I forget which one. But um, And we were walking through the, st- the streets of Shanghai, and he goes, you know, I'm working on this web series set in the Brawlverse, and uh, I think you'd make a great Wario. Are you interested? And I said, oh, hell yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. I- I've been wanting to dabble some more into uh, on-camera. You know, my main focus is VO, but uh, I would love to do more on-camera stuff. So uh, I got on board, had a blast with it. My only real struggle was uh, being spoiled in voiceover. Your script's always on a music stand in front of you. And, you know, if you're doing on-camera or you're on stage, you have to memorize lines. Oh, my gosh. 
that's what actually kept me uh, from getting involved in, in in drama in school growing up and everything. I was like shy and I couldn't memorize lines. And, um, you know, I would frequently in between takes whip out the iPhone and look at my script. I'd have to take off Wario's gloves because you can't operate an iPhone with gloves on. Uh, and then quickly practice and rehearse my, my lines over and over. Uh, I got a little better at it as each episode went on. And, you know, it's, it's a good challenge, you know, do something you haven't, you just push yourself. That's a, just an important thing as an actor. You know, you don't want to become complacent. And I think I became complacent just doing VO and it's like, no, I want to, I want to try something. I want to try. Uh, and I had a lot of fun and I'm going to be, uh, doing some more webisode stuff later this year. I'm, I'm pretty anxious to, uh, to get out there, get my face out there this time, not just my voice. We'll be looking forward to that. Um, do you play a lot of uh, video games? Uh, I consider myself a casual gamer, but I have loved video games since I was a child. I, you know, I'm probably older than all you guys, but uh, I had an Atari 2600 when it first came out. <laughs> and um, I'm a terrible gamer. I admit I suck <laughs> at it. I button mash. Um, I'm the first guy to die every time everyone plays Call of Duty or Halo, but uh, I have a, I, I'm more of a social gamer. I'm not about the competitive angle. I, I just like having fun with friends on online multiplayer or online co-op and whatnot. So, yeah, I love fighting games like Street Fighter and Soul Calibur. Uh, I love the shooting games, Left 4 Dead, Halo, yes. Call of Duty. Uh, I love uh, the racing games where you can just blow shit up, like, you know, burnout. And um, what was my favorite one from this past year? Split Second that Disney put out of all people. Yeah. Love that game. Um, now, sort of going into a little bit of the getting to know you phase, uh, you, you were a DJ for a long time. Do you have a particular favorite artist or genre of music? Yeah, I'm mostly, uh, mostly into the harder stuff. I love metal. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite metal bands nowadays is like Lamb of God. I love, uh, well, old Metallica. Right. Most Metallica fans do. <laughs> like, what's the, well, um, I love what Trent Reznor's done through his whole career. I love Nine Inch Nails. Uh, I love, I'm a little all over the spectrum. I like Electronica. I love, uh, you know, like 8-bit stuff. <laughs> you know, I love, uh, you know, Dead Mouse. I love, um, man, just a little bit of everything. I'm not really, I'm not into country. I'm not into rap. Uh, I'm not necessarily really into jazz. But if it's any sort of variation of rock or electronica, I will most likely be checking that out. Okay. Um, how about movies? Movies, I am a big sci-fi action horror nerd. I have a, a tattoo of Boba Fett on my shoulder blade. Nice. And this would be old school Boba Fett. <laughs> Not the little kid in the prequels. <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that would be a great tattoo. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Little, little Boba holding Django's uh, <laughs> head in his hands. That would be great. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, on the left butt cheek. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, no, I'm a I'm a big movie guy. I I, I love sci-fi. I loved the original Matrix. I loved um, 
Oh, what's some favorite directors? I love Scorsese. I love uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. You know, Magnolia, Boogie Nights. There will be, <laughs> I almost called it Brawl. There will be blood. <laughs> um, uh, some great horror of recent times that I thoroughly enjoyed. I know audiences are split. His Last Exorcism. I loved uh, Paranormal Activity 2. Um, I thought Megamind was hysterical. Um, gosh, endless list, really. It's hard to think of stuff off the top of my head. The Last Airbender. I thought that was a really scary movie. I, I enjoyed that. <laughs> that was a scary movie. Mm. Uh, Not sure. I stayed away from that. M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong, yeah. What's a twist? Oi. The twist was that it wasn't good. That's not really a twist, wasn't much of a twist. No, that's, <laughs> it used to be a twist for him. Right. <laughs> now, uh, you're also uh, doing Kyle TV uh, intermittently. Is there a regular schedule for that, or do you just uh, jump on stick cam wherever the whim hits you? Yeah, so far it's been... Uh, whenever I feel the urge, which typically is late at night. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it tends to get kind of raunchy and random, like any stick cam feed. Anyone with a webcam is just sitting there talking to people in their chat room. So it's it's really no different than anybody else other than the fact of what I do for a living, I guess. But um, it, it's nice. I, I love the, the prospect of, of streaming live and, and doing all that, especially from the iPhone. I, I do like on justin.tv. Uh, I found it's like the best iPhone streaming service out there, at least for me. Um, I love having that idea of like being a social journalist, you know, the idea of Twitter, you know, being able to get something out into the universe and absorb it immediately. I love that. I love Facebook. I, I'm aware of the uh, the risk involved and the dangers, and you know it's like, well, you're putting too much of yourself out there, and the dangers of of what social media can be. But you know, I'm a grown man. I, I'm in control of what I put out there, and I like uh, I like what social media has done. It's you can argue that yeah, it's made people more introverted. <laughs> I mean, we all stay and stare at our smartphones walking down the street and texting straight into traffic or whatnot. But uh, I, I think the internet is a, is a fantastic boon and uh, convenience. Yeah. We're all addicts of a new kind, but uh, yeah, I think we're more connected than we ever could, could hope to be before. Well, I appreciate your time. Uh, we're going to let you go, but before we do, is there uh, anything you want to say? Anything you want to plug that you haven't plugged already, or want to plug ag- want to plug again just so it stays fresh? Uh, okay, sure. Um, I've got my website, KyleAbear.com. The last name is spelled H-E-B-E-R-T. I know it looks like Hebert, and some people want to say Herbert, but it's a little Louisiana French name there. Um, I'm on Twitter.com slash KyleAbear, Facebook.com slash KyleAbearVO. Remember to VO at the end. That's uh, the fan page there. Uh, my website, palatebeer.com, has info about my Skype sessions. If you're interested in, uh, in doing that, you just pay via PayPal, 75 bucks, and we'll sit and work together for an hour and let you see what an audition and uh, recording for VO, either character or commercial scripts, your choice. Uh, ask any questions you want, and I will help give you some guidance to taking things to the next level. 
And uh, I want to thank all the fans from around the world that have uh, supported the shows and the projects that I've uh, been very fortunate to be a part of. I look forward to seeing everyone on the comm circuit this year. And um, thank you to everyone for supporting uh, the games, the anime, and uh, supporting podcasting. Thanks for listening to this show. And uh, thank you all for your time. Well, thank you very much, Kyle. We appreciate it. Yes, thank you very much.